Well, hello and welcome to Theology for You, and hope everyone had a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2016, a new year, excited about um, everything we have planned this year, excited to see uh, where God uh, takes us, uh, what plans He has uh, for us, we're grateful for how He's used the podcast um so far and um yeah just grateful it's been he's used it more than i could have uh, ever imagined i want to thank you for continuing to listen hope you enjoy the new format as we start it this week uh, i'm going to do two episodes a month now and try to get them a little bit longer uh, this one may not be as long as some of the ones to come but We'll see, and we'll go from there. So, you will have noticed um, from the episode title, we're just we're looking at the gospel, and you are probably wondering. I can't believe they're doing another episode on the gospel. And if you can't believe that, um, sorry, <laughs> this probably won't be the last episode we do on it this year. Um, it's just so important. I know we did one not too long ago with uh, some of the stuff we looked at with the Apostles' Creed. Um, but I thought it would be fitting just to start uh, the new year and the podcast just to get all of our thinking, my thinking, on the right track uh, for the new year um, about the good news of the gospel, of what God has done for sinners through Christ. And if you are a... Um, Christian, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you have had uh, the Holy Spirit do a wondrous work um, in your uh, life, uh, taking your heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh, and that all happened uh, because someone told uh, the good news to you, and when you heard that good news, the Holy Spirit used that good news to change your mind and change your heart. So that uh, Christ, who you may not have cared about before, was now beautiful and um, lovely, and you wanted to have him. You had to have him. Uh, you saw his beauty through the gospel because the Holy Spirit had done a wonderful work in your life, uh, opening your eyes and your mind and your heart so that you could see that truth and reach out and hold on to it in in faith and believe it and trust God's promises. Um, the gospel is uh, all of the Christian life. It's not just the uh, beginning of the Christian life, but I believe it was Tim Keller who said the gospel is to the A to Z of the Christian life. It's the beginning. It's the end. If we ever get away from the gospel... Uh, we really need to do uh, just do some searching to find out why we've gotten away from it. Um, it's so important. So we're just going to look at the gospel uh, today in uh, this episode, um, mainly looking at 1 Corinthians 15, uh, which deals with the resurrection. But Paul starts the chapter off. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel 
I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Now there's a few things that are important there. First, he says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. So he's writing to brothers. He's writing to Christians to remind them of the gospel. And we know that they're Christians, one, because he calls them brothers. He says, you have received this gospel. You stand in the gospel and you are being being saved by the gospel. So he's he wants to remind Christians of the gospel. Um, simple statement here, but if, if Paul thought it was important, uh, that we needed to be reminded of the gospel, that the church at Corinth needed to be reminded of the gospel, I think we should also find that importance as well, that we need to be reminded of the gospel because we're so easy, um, so quick to forget the good news of the gospel. So Paul says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preach to you, first off, which you received. So they believed it. It was proclaimed to them. They believe the gospel. They are standing in the gospel. They find they find their footing in the gospel and through the gospel. Then he says, "And by which you are being saved," so that the gospel is not just our entrance into salvation. It is all of our salvation from beginning to end, whether it's justification or whether that's sanctification. It's all of it. We need the gospel you need the gospel christian you need the gospel i think jerry bridges and his ministry he's so helpful uh, with this because he he talks about preaching the gospel to ourselves every day every day that we just first thing when we wake up we we spend that time with god and we in, intentionally preach the gospel to ourselves to remind ourselves the truth of it and why we need it and why we have to set our hope upon it and why we have to continually trust it because it is through the gospel that God initially saves us and it is through the gospel that he continues to save us and it's through the gospel that we will one day finally be saved when we see our God and Savior face to face. So it's the beginning and the end of the Christian life. So Paul wants to remind the believers, the Christians, of the gospel. And he goes on in verse 3 and he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Scriptures, in this context, would be referring to the Old Testament. So Paul is saying that the Old Testament told that Jesus would die for our sins, that Christ would die for our sins, that he would be buried and that he would be raised on the third day for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. So 
we've talked about this before, but we have this this mindset where the, you've got the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they're two different things. But Paul here says that the Old Testament, the Scriptures, foretold that Jesus would come and that he would die, and he would die for our sins. Matthew one twenty one. The angel tells Joseph, "You shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people." from their sins. Mark 10:45 Jesus says, "I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many." Jesus came to accomplish a specific mission, and that was to uh, die for the people that God the Father gave him before the beginning of time. We go to Ephesians 1 and we can see that that to die before the beginning of time so that these Helpless, wretched sinners like you and like me could be saved. We could be made right with our Creator and we might have God as our Father so that if we are in Christ and Christ accomplished this salvation for us, then God the Father loves us like He loves Jesus. That's the gospel. And he did that because our sins had to be paid for. If we were going to be made right with God, our sin problem had to be dealt with. Had to be dealt with. And before the foundations of the world, before the foundation of the world, excuse me, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in the covenant of redemption said that we will do this so that we might save sinners so that our glory might be revealed that in the saving of sinners we would be glorified and this is what all the old testament is leading up to jesus coming and he dies for our sins but not only that paul says that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. We see in Romans 4.25 that this is so important because Paul says, and he was raised for our justification. So that all of the work of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, are working towards our salvation. We can't disconnect them. We can't... Um, divide the work of Jesus into different segments. He, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, he is working for our salvation in accordance with the scriptures. And this gives us great hope because if God promised in the Old Testament that this would happen, that Christ would come that he would die for our sins, that he would be buried, that he would be raised from the dead. And God did it. He promised it. He fulfilled it. God the Holy Spirit has applied that to our lives. If God did that, if God keeps his promises, then is there anything that we can honestly say that we can't trust God with?
I don't think so. Think about that this week. If God could make this promise and God could fulfill the promise and we can trust him with anything, I challenge you this week just to think about that. What what, what possibly could we not trust God with? I would submit that there's nothing that we can honestly say that we can't trust God. Can you see why reminding ourselves of the gospel is so important? We, may, we, we tend to... Um, I know I can do this at times. We, we can simplify the gospel to a, such a point that it's not really relevant anymore. And the gospel is simple. It, it is a, a simple but glorious message. But I think we can make it so simple that we don't feel the, the gravity and the weight of all that it entails. You'll hear people, and I say it myself, that the main message of the whole Bible is the gospel. Well, that's 66 books worth of gospel goodness. 66 books. So yes, the message is simple, but it's glorious and it's weighty. And it's weighty because it involves the holy God, the just God, the merciful God, the gracious God, the loving God, working for his glory in redeeming sinners through his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, applying that to the lives of those whom Jesus paid the ransom for, to whose sins Jesus paid the penalty for. I need, rem- I need to be reminded of that God, often that God that I know can be trusted because he fulfills his promises so that when money's tight, I need to remember the gospel. I need to remind myself of the gospel that if God could take care of my biggest problem, which was my broken relationship with him because I broke it because I am a sinner. If I can trust God to fix that problem, he can trust it. I can trust God to fix any problem, whether that be money, the fear of man, um, Dealing with a rough customer at work, I can I can trust God with anything if the gospel's true. If the gospel's true, I can trust God with anything. Because if he can make that promise, if he can predict it, and if he can fulfill it, man What can't he do? So this is the gospel that Paul wants to remind the church at Corinth of. I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. What is the gospel? That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Another observation we can make here is that the gospel is always connected with the scriptures. So, I hope no one listening attends a church where this might be true, but if, if if you go to a church that talks about the gospel, but they never preach the scriptures, then I think you can legitimately ask, does this church actually preach the gospel? Because the two are so closely tied together, you cannot have one without the other. So Paul is reminding them of the message of 
their salvation, the good news of the gospel, that Christ died for their sins. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's the message of salvation. But the gospel is also a historical reality. Paul continues in verse 5, and he says, he writes, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, then to the twelve. So he was raised on the third day. He appears to Peter. Then he appears to the twelve. Verse 6. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. So Paul's saying, look, this is a historical reality. If you don't believe me, he appeared to Peter. He appeared to the twelve. Then he appeared to the 500, and most of them are still alive. That's why if someone wants to say that the resurrection is just a myth, here's your proof. There has been no legitimate explanation to explain away the resurrection of Jesus as a historical fact, historical reality, historical truth that it actually did happen. To say that 500 people hallucinated at one time just isn't going to work. It doesn't work. So that the gospel is um, a historical reality. He keeps going. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. Last of all, as, one, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. Believed what? The gospel. The gospel. So, if the gospel is a historical reality, if it's true, if the resurrection of Jesus actually happened, then... In your evangelistic encounters, in your apologetics, what what should be the central focus point of all of that? The gospel. The gospel. Paul teaches in Romans 1 that all people know God. He says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. He begins by saying in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You can only suppress what you know. So then all are guilty before God because all know. All are guilty before God because all know. And men, in their unrighteousness, they suppress the truth. So, while there might be arguments that are helpful, and I would never disagree with that, when we're talking to 
those who are not Christians, the ultimate thing that we have to bring to bear on the conversation is the gospel and the reality of uh, the gospel in that they need to believe the gospel because this is this is it. This is the message of salvation. This is historical truth. This is a historical reality. What the Bible is talking about actually happened. So to deny it is foolish. Paul talks about that in Second Corinthians uh, 1 and chapter 4. Um, so we don't have to be a philosopher. We don't have to be a great apologist in order to talk to our friends, our family, our co-workers about the Christian faith because all of the Christian faith is summed up in the gospel. It's all in the gospel. And honestly, if we think this way and just drill this into our heads, it's oh, it's going to be so much easier for us. I think, I know I do it in my own life. We make evangelism so hard because we think we have to do this or do that. We've turned evangelism into a method. Well, I have to present the, the Romans Road or the ABCs of Christianity. Um, just give the gospel. The good news that a holy God created the world. He's in control of everything. He created you and he created me in his image. As his image bears to reflect his glory. He created us to be in a relationship and communion with him. And we, in Adam, disobeyed. We sinned, we're rebels against our king, the holy king, the perfect king, the righteous king. And because of who he is and because of who we are, there is a, there is a separation, there is a, a divide that we cannot cross unless he does something. So we sinned. We fell, but yet God gives a gracious promise in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, will bruise his head. Salvation will come. And in the Old Testament, as you read it, you've got this anticipation of the seed of the woman that's coming. You see it uh, promised again to Noah into Abraham and then it almost seems as if if as you're reading the Old Testament that when we come to David that this could be it the seed of the woman has arrived this is the one that we've been waiting for the Messiah the promised one of God but he falls you have Solomon the height of success in Israel there was peace in the land. Perhaps this is the seed of the woman, but we see that it's not. So 
that the, the nation of Israel, they, they keep waiting for this, this promised one to come. Then you have the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and we're still awaiting. And they, they through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, record these promises that the suffering servant will come. Isaiah 53. This is what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15 in accordance with the scriptures. It, it really happened. The seed of the woman came, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect life, a, a sinless life. He, he obeyed where we had disobeyed. Where we sinned, he was righteous. He was perfect. Never begrudged the will of the Father. Perfect. Completely, wholly righteous. Why? Why? So that he could die. So he could die for our sins. So that we could be made right with our Creator. The relationship that we Messed up in the beginning. God worked so that we could be made right with him. God did that. That's what you need to remind yourself of. Daily. Perhaps hourly. Sometimes by, by the minute. That God did that work. And that for all who reach out with the empty hand of faith, God will save them. He will do it. And we know he will do it because he fulfilled his promise in sending Christ. So, Christian, know that since you have believed not because of your belief, but because of Christ. Because you have reached out with the empty hand and you have laid hold of Christ. You are saved. No doubt about it. Guaranteed. To quote the song, signed, sealed, delivered. Salvation is it's yours because of Christ. And know that when you're talking to your friends and your family and your co-workers... And you tell them the good news of the gospel. And you tell them that if you reach out with the empty hand of faith and you hold on to Christ, God will save you. It will happen. No doubt. No doubt. That is good news. The gospel, good news. The biggest problem I've ever had in my life, dealt with. See how much comfort that brings? And if you think about this, once again, in like an evangelistic encounter, you're not presenting it as like your get-out-of-hell-free card. Because on, honestly, I, I've yet to run into a person that actually wants to go to hell. Maybe ACDC. I've never met them. Obviously. Um, 
But when we present it this way, it's not about getting out of hell. It's about being protected from God. And you, who were by nature born a child of wrath, are now loved by the Father. That's the gospel. That's good news. That is great news. We need to be reminded of that oh so often. And Christian, just think about how this applies. I know we can use the gospel, the word gospel. We hear things like gospel-centered churches. Uh, my own own church, um, we have a, two banners that have our church name, and then it has three three phrases on it: Christ-centered, gospel-focused, and missions-oriented. I'm afraid we can hear gospel this, gospel that, uh, gospel music. Um, that I don't know if I want to say that it gets cheapened. Um, but I think it can lose its emphasis. Just think about, Christian, how this applies to your life now. We've talked about some. We know that we can trust God with any situation. When money's tight, trust Him. When you don't know how food's going to be put on the table, you can trust Him. He will provide. The Psalms say He has never let His righteous ones go hungry. You can trust Him. You can trust that if God fulfilled his promise in sending Jesus the first time, he will fulfill his promise in sending Jesus the second time. If he did it once, he will do it again. Simple as that. God can be trusted. When you sin, you run to the gospel, the reality, the truth of the gospel, that Christ has paid for your sins paid for not not potentially paid but actually paid jesus paid it all all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow will you sin yes but when you sin confess it repent of it and don't be weighed down by your sin. Tell yourself the gospel. Preach the gospel to yourself. Our pastor said not too long ago that when we sin, God does not want us to wallow in our sin, but he wants us to wonder at his grace, wonder at his grace that he would forgive us because of Christ. That we are now welcomed into his presence because of Christ. So that when you sin again, Remind yourself of the gospel, that you're accepted in the beloved. When you're having marriage problems, remind yourself from Ephesians 5 that your marriage is meant to be a picture of the gospel. That Christ died for the church, that he might present her to be holy and blameless before himself. This is gospel.
when you struggle with assurance, <laughs> run to the gospel. Run to the gospel. You can see this all over First John. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is reality. He is the propitiation for our sins. He is. He is our advocate. We have an advocate. He is our propitiation. He is our atoning sacrifice. Jesus. We could keep going, but I think you see. Take some time over the next couple days and just think about think about the gospel. And just, as you think about it, pray that the Holy Spirit would show ways that you can apply the gospel in your own life. As a Christian, how is the gospel going to affect you today, tomorrow, this week? Think about it, but pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a mind to understand the gospel and to give you a, a, a warm heart to respond to the gospel. Ask him to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. We need we need to be reminded of it. We get beat down so easy. We can get off track. We need to be reminded of the gospel. I need to be reminded of the gospel. So that's that's where we start this year, is with the gospel. With the gospel that is good stuff it's very good stuff one little thing of housekeeping here i meant to say this at the beginning we got our first weekender coming up at the end of this month a theology for you weekender uh looking at in christ a vital and living relationship and we'd love to get more churches involved we're doing these so that we can help christians understand and articulate uh, what it means to be in Christ from Scripture, uh, so that they might grow in their relationships with God and live a worshipful life. So we, we've been talking about how theology is the studied practice of knowing God, which is another reason why the gospel is so important, because it's in and through the gospel that we come to, to know God as our Savior and as our Father. Um, so these week, the weekenders... Uh, there will be hard work involved, um, but just this truth of being in Christ, of being united to Christ is just so important. Um, I'm looking forward to the one at the end of the month at our church, at Grace Community Church here in Berea. Um, so I'd, I'd love to be able to come out and do it at some other churches. We've got some other ones we're uh, working on. Um, it's a Friday, Saturday. It's not too much of a time commitment. It's one uh, one session on Friday, and then it goes from about 9 to about 4 on a Saturday. Um, but looking at things like what does it mean to be in Christ? Is in Christ a location or a relationship? Um, why does being in Christ matter? Uh, how does being in Christ affect my life? We've got two breakout sessions worked up for this. And the breakout sessions um, are a little more low-key, uh, meant to be a little more uh, discussion-oriented. Uh, 
for each breakout session, we're going to include a time of prayer so that you can pray about what you've been learning about. Um, different churches are going to offer um, uh, music so that we can respond to the truth that we're learning uh, through song uh, together. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about the one coming up at the end of the month. And if you want to learn more, it's theologyforyou.com backslash weekender. And again, that's theologyforyou.com backslash weekender. And um, uh, we'd love to uh, talk to talk to you more about it. If uh, if you're a pastor, please fill out the contact uh, page. If you're uh, if, if you're a member of your church, pass it on to your pastor. I'd love to talk to him about it uh, as well. But thank you guys for listening. Remind yourselves of the great news of the gospel over these next couple of days, and we'll. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks and be uh, looking at the Bible, um, talking about uh, the Bible. What is the Bible? Um, got a couple of good uh, listener questions that we're going to try to answer in that episode as well, so I'm looking forward to it. But until then, remind yourselves of the gospel, this great news um, of what God has done for us in Christ. And until then, we'll talk at you next time.